Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Here we will delicately and tactfully walk through each psychological issue. Psych! This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. This is not intended as individual, psychological, or medical advice. Please proceed at your own risk and always defer to your individual medical or mental health care team. Basically, don't make it weird, guys. Right. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thanks. Video killed the radio star. Video killed the radio star. Pictures came and broke your heart. Ooh, ah, ah, oh. <laughs> ooh, ah, ah, ooh, ah, ah. So this song is directly related to our topic area on Shit Your Shrink Things today. Whoop, whoop. We are going to be talking about artificial intelligence and mental health. And so I thought, you know, video killed the radio star. Very like, appropriate computers or robots take over our job as therapists i don't think it's gonna happen (laughs) spoiler alert but we are going to talk about it and for those of you who are new this is our show shit your shrink thinks we're two shrinks we tell you what we think about life mental health facts we try some skills that we introduce to you and then we do them medium and then you see how we fail and succeed and you can try the same skills and hopefully we keep it light and funny for you along the way yeah yeah we try whoop (laughs) do we yeah we try sometimes we were just talking about how like some days we're not feeling great or we're like a little depressed and and you can totally hear it yeah we're like oh shit i sound super (laughs) depressed in this episode (laughs) You don't sound good. You don't sound good. But that's okay. We we try to keep it chipper. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's reality. Well, as you guys might remember, we do uh, do a what's good section on this podcast. So sometimes we share a story. Sometimes we just talk about something that's great or uplifting. Sunny, what is your what's good? Uh, My what's good this week is complimentary and alternative medicine. So... I am right now. So I've had a series, nothing like terrible or anything like that. I don't want to scare our listeners, but just like a series of weird health things going on for a number of years. And it never really has quite gotten resolved through like traditional medical means. And this is no like shade to my medical homies. It's just that I think sometimes there's a lag. Not I think there is like a 10 to 15 year lag in like really cutting edge clinical stuff that's effective and then practice implementation. Yeah. And so uh, I actually kind of went more complementary and alternative medicine for my particularly uh, interesting set of symptoms. And uh, I have had some really cool success. And so I just wanted to say that if anybody out there is feeling real wild and can't quite get a set (laughs) of like... Yeah, get a, get a handle on whatever's going on physically. I highly recommend physical therapy. I highly recommend uh, especially nutrition and dietitian counseling. Oh, my goodness. It has – I've done a series of really interesting tests on my gut microbiome. And as we know, the gut microbiome is like the home of where much of your mental health uh, starts – And where a lot of your hormone imbalances happen Mm. and where a lot of your, uh, obviously, like, digestive processes occur. Um, So it's really something to look into. And I've just had some really positive 
work done and I just really love functional medicine practitioners and I've, I've like I've just been honestly genuinely very impressed I kind of thought for a while it was a scam trying to get my money <laughs> but I was like all right I'm gonna just cave and see what happens here yeah. and pay the extra fees because a lot of the um, aren't covered they do are yeah, yeah. exactly because insurance companies drive care which is a it's, it's a just nightmare. a whole nother thing to bitch about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they should an, not have freaking authority on what is appropriate. Guess who does? Yeah. Your fucking doctor. Yeah. It should not be anybody who an insurance company yeah. deciding what your care should be. Yeah. Like I feel like we we get mad about medical doctors, but then it's like their hands are actually mm-hmm. totally tied. They can't like what are they supposed to do? Order you this like six hundred dollar test that insurance isn't gonna cover right. and that like medical school says don't do that anyway. So Well, and then they have to do certain steps, right? There's the red tape. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to cross this finish line before insurance will pay for this finish line and then this finish line and then this So they already know that twelve steps down the road is where you need to be, but they have to yes. make you jump those twelve hoops for insurance to pay it. Exactly. This is why, like, I kind of have been doing, when necessary, I will try to do outside of insurance network care. If I if I know that it's some a direction that I want to go mm-hmm. in, I'm no longer afraid of doing that because I find that I get kind of, like, quicker yeah. and more efficient answers, honestly. Um, so, yeah, I've been doing all this, like, cool gut microbiome testing and um, just making some changes based on that. And it's been really highly effective and I am not a I'm not a functional medicine professional I can just tell you my experience it's been really positive and then I also had a uh like a core and pelvic therapy physical therapy not for what you would think for actually for rib flare um Mm. post-pregnancy where like your ribs kind of uh flare outwards and like they're very open yeah you should Uh, tell them the percentage that (laughs) poor ribs oh my god (laughs) yeah so my ribs were at like a 140 degree angle like but like they're supposed to kind of connect at a 90 degree angle and they were at 140 and it was giving me some like real weird like back and shoulder pain and also some difficulty breathing and also none of my bras fit. (laughs) (laughs) So I came into PT and I was like, you guys, what is this? And they were like, they helped me. Yeah. It's, it's actually back to normal now. I just did a series of, they gave me like a series of progressive core exercises because apparently your core and your pelvic floor are all related and they're all connected. And so you're, if you strengthen your core and pelvic floor, it will kind of pull your ribs down and together. Ah. So it was really, yeah. And it was just like so functional and healthy. Like I didn't have to take medicine. Mm-hmm. I thought it was totally insurmountable and it wasn't. I did probably like, let's say two months of physical therapy and it's, I'm good as new. I mean, like, and they were so, it was so cool to see all the skills they did, like cupping on my C-section scar to like reduce. It was so cool. Like yeah. not the, um, uh, not the Chinese medicine cupping oh. where it like takes out toxins, but the cupping where they use like a, um, cup that's it's like a little suction I, cup, right? Yeah. It's a suction okay. cup and they run it, they run right. it kind of along the, the incision site. Yeah. And they pull, um, blood flow to the area to help with healing. Yeah. And then they do like scar massage like break up any mine was fine but like break up any tissue adhesions sure um and you can also do needling dry needling and that really often helps with like pain and scar stuff and then you can do needling and electrocurrent which is another level um so these like methods i just feel like are so i was actually talking to my physical therapist about this she was saying 
she practiced in, in Canada. And she was saying that this was just common. Like women mm. just had this kind of care that, you know, you would just be in an office with, you know, a functional wellness provider who did the nutritional assessment and also an acupuncturist and also a PT and also whatever. And you just did this pre and post birth. It was just what you did. Yeah. And I was like, I cannot imagine having had this care available to me. Honestly, it was just so awesome. And fortunately, my insurance did cover the physical therapy, but my insurance is not covering the nutritional mm. piece, which is really so upsetting because it actually is so helpful. And anyway, so I just wanted to really shout out my nutrition. Kairos are also really good in this department. They often are like have some nutritional wellness. Lots of them do acupuncture and lots of them do adjustments. Now you don't want to get like the people, any of these people, you know, some could be scammers where it's sure. like they keep giving yeah. you. Just like any different- field. There's always yeah. a few out there that <laughs> and there's there's always that are like, you need to do this four times a week and pay me so much money. But generally speaking, I've actually had really stupendous luck incorporating these things into my own routine. And I just hope people out there have an open mind and consider, you know, ask somebody that you trust. Like if you already see a psychologist or a therapist, or if you already see a physician, Mm -hmm. or if you already see a social worker or whoever, they might have somebody who's a functional medicine specialist that they trust and like. That's how I found my nutritionist is through my physical therapist. So yeah, I know it's like so ridiculous and I sound a little preachy, but honestly, I, I am shocked by my quality of life improvement. So Shout out to That's the dietitians awesome. out there. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, and it makes and the sense, PTs. right? We're we're physically helping our body heal and have the nutrition that it, that it needs because people have different needs to different bodies, and mm-hmm. and you're not throwing meds at it, which I kind of like a lot. I, I know, I know. It, it it makes me happy because part of the problem, like. If, if you even think about, okay, like if you give birth, lots of times what will happen when you give birth is there will be like a huge dose of antibiotics given. Mm-hmm. It just kind of depends on the type of birth you have and what your things are that are going on. But this can cause all sorts of disruptions in the body. And that's just like one medicine. Yeah. Right. And I'm not saying like, listen, I love medicine. I think medicine is great. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad that we have it. Right. Because if you've <laughs> ever had to have a painkiller under extreme pain, you are like, thank God for modern medicine. <laughs> so like, I am not like, no, no, this no. is not me saying it's bad. But if you can use something else, it really, yeah. it's nice. I feel like you want to really try nice. those other steps first. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I often find that it's like, medicine create creates a problem and then you take more medicine to have the problem solved yeah and then that creates another problem and then you take some medicine to have that solved and it's just really tough to get out of that cycle yeah uh so i'm like a big fan of like using medicine to like pop you up to give you what you need to then you know have the energy to go get the other solution or identify the root cause but i really think it's like about identifying root cause in your body for whatever symptom profile you have rather than just treating the symptoms like if i just treated somebody being anxious and i never attacked the ptsd underlying Mm -hmm. the hypervigilance then you're just going to keep having resurgences of anxiety it's the same crap but just a different field so just good it's just good medicine and i have a dream one day where we all get that kind of care yay wouldn't that be nice that would be lovely i i would start a clinic for that i have full faith in my ability to start this clinic but i am 
very lazy. <laughs> well, so and then lazy. coordinating with that many people, mm. like, mm. ugh. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's not going to be me. I'm not the one. <laughs> so how, what's your what's good this week, Michaela? Well, I know recently I talked about how spring is in full bloom in my backyard, and that's been magical. But uh-huh. to add to the magic, we have a little, like, built-in waterfall. Oh, I love it. And yeah. I... Did I have I talked about this on here? I don't remember. I don't think I've talked about the waterfall feature. No, I don't think you have. But it is it's so relaxing and nice. And like yeah. you can turn it on and off so you're not like wasting water. And it like recycles the water. Like it just kind of cycles Love it through. It. But it's so cool. So then I have there's all these vines and like flowers in bloom and then there's yes. the waterfall. Like this yes. backyard, guys. <laughs> Yes. It was actually once in the local paper, like the guy who created it had it. It was called the Garden of Eden. And they oh, did like a yes. little like story on it in their local newspaper because it was so magical. So I'm just it's so huge thankful. for improving. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to it's going to help that mental health for sure. Yeah. I'm happy for you. Yeah. Now, that's, if only there weren't really train special. noises and <laughs> occasional, like, loud motorcycles and shit, that'd be great. But the water <laughs> helps drown it out. Just... <laughs> I feel like you're... There's this character, I forget his name, maybe Bill in um, Last of Us, who's just, like, always been waiting for the apocalypse. And when it happens, he's, like, genuinely, like, pleased to be alone. He's, like, <laughs> thriving. He's living his best life. I feel like this is Michaela. <laughs> These motorcycle noises need to cut it out. Maybe, yeah. When's it coming? (laughs) So what did you try for outside of podcast experimentation? Mine was to show support and encouragement for my clients going through a divorce. And I mean, Mm -hmm. that was a pretty easy thing for me to do. Um, You know, just kind of support them on their journey and validate their struggle and normalize what's going on and how to kind of focus on themselves and what's within their control. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it Keep, went well. Keeping non-judgmental. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. I think I, I did some of that exact same stuff was just being really mindful of that this is a grieving process mm-hmm. and uh, being aware of providing education about grief and yeah. normalizing and not minimizing. Uh, and that part went well. I also worked on not getting a divorce myself. That was successful <laughs> this this week. I nailed it. <laughs> Open communication for the win. <laughs> but most of but most of what I did for homework, honestly, was in the physical health department uh, because, you know, physical health and mental health are really connected. So yeah. that was where I strayed more so. Fair. Well, Sunny, tell me a little about what this week's podcast is about. Yeah, so I actually got an email from one of the uh, therapy directory services I use, and the title of the email was, is artificial intelligence going to take over therapy? It was like very clickbaity. Yeah, yeah. And it's not, but well, at least not immediately, maybe in the future, but not immediately. But so this week's podcast, I thought we'd talk about that and the use of artificial intelligence in mental health work, like where it's effective. So basically, our computer is going to take our job as therapists. But before we got to that, I wanted to take you through a review of the different artificial intelligence types that are used to improve mental health, because I was actually kind of surprised after looking through what are the different kinds. Like, I think you everybody thinks of... Uh, just like text generators, but there's a lot of different 
options for AI that can help mental health providers. So let's kind of talk about the first one. What is, what is the first one, Michaela? The first one is natural language processing, NLP. So that allows AI systems to understand and analyze human language, enabling chatbots, chatbots and virtual assistants to engage in conversations with individuals and provide mental health support. These AI tools can offer emotional support, deliver coping strategies, and even identify potential signs of distress. Right. So these are the ones that you would like traditionally think of. Yeah. Now, they're, they have a lot of problems. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But this is what it's called, is natural lingu- language processing. I imagine There's some also... of those problems are due to slang and different, oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like different ways yeah. that people communicate stuff uh, sarcastically or using slang and they just, you know, they're very matter of fact. So they probably wouldn't pick up on some of that and misinterpret. Essentially, yeah, like a syntax issue yeah. probably. Well, yeah. And we can talk about this more, but I think a big part of it too is like using, when somebody uses a, uh, not an illusion, but something like a metaphor or something non-concrete to indicate that they're in distress. I think that's often tough for right. a natural language processing system to catch. Yeah. But yeah, we'll get into the problems okay, later. Okay. But, but machine learning is another version of artificial intelligence that helps mental health providers. So Machine learning algorithms, they can be trained on large data sets of mental health records to identify patterns, predict outcomes, and assist in diagnosis and treatment planning. So you can think of machine learning models as helping detect early warning signs for mental health disorders, personalize interventions, and recommend appropriate therapies based on individual needs. Mm-hmm. Now, This is not, again, it's not a perfect system, but you would want, as a therapist, a machine learning program might look like, let's say, so in some hospital systems, we have really big record keeping systems. Mm -hmm. A machine learning program might sort through all of a client's notes. You might be like, look at Mr. Smith's notes. And then they would say like, here are three probable diagnoses based on the chart review here are three things to look out for and then some possible risk factors and some possible treatments. And then your job as the therapist would really be the person to look over, make sure that's actually correct. Mm -hmm. Um, Just double check. It's like they can consolidate thousands and thousands of notes much more quickly than we can. And then we'd want to kind of take a random sampling of the note afterwards and say like, okay, does this actually verify a little bit? Yeah. So it's just like... to me, it's an additional tool. It's not a standalone. But I think machine learning could be useful, particularly in the system that you and I both work in or worked in. I mean, right? Yeah, like, there's so much. Notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially if it could actually consolidate from the other programming. Because, you know, you can only get notes from, like, your area, but yet you have mm-hmm. access to notes from other areas. You just have to jump through different systems. So if it could pull all that data, like... That would be huge. That would save somebody hours. Right. Days. Right. <laughs> like, absolutely. If it could pull remote data. The other thing that I think would be really cool for machine learning is if it would pull your, like, if it was an integrative model, so you would have your medical, your physical therapy, your nutrition, whatever. Mm-hmm. And if it would consolidate that, yeah. that would be really really useful like if it would give you the bullet points the standouts and then you could like i said go back and check through the notes yeah but 
a good chart review, folks, if you're a therapist in like a larger system, a good chart review could take you an hour. It could take you hours on some right. people, honestly. Right. Well, so. and again, like you said, if it's if it's collecting data on all the different points, on the medical points, on, mm-hmm. you know, you have the psychological points, you have the holistic points. If it can collect mm-hmm. all that and give you information like maybe this is a thing, because I mean... Although with our mental health diagnoses, we are aware we have to do the medical side piece, doesn't mean we have like full knowledge on the medical side enough that we can diagnose that, right? So if it can say, hey, this might be a medical thing to consider, then you could connect to the doctor and be like, hey, could we look into this? This is something that came up. Like, I don't have, this is outside my scope, but here's what might be a factor. I don't know. Can you check? Right. Like, Like if it would be like, hey, consider left temporal lobe you know, mini stroke, transient is- mm-hmm. ischemic attack. Consider that for this. That would be so useful because then as a therapist, you would stop banging your head against the right. wall for something that's like not effective and be like, hey, we need a brain scan for this right. person, please. <laughs> like, <laughs> that would be incredibly useful, I think, for us. So like, I-, I see it much more as like an integration process. Yeah. Now, what's the other kind of, what's another kind of artificial intelligence that could be useful for us? Sentiment analysis. Mm -hmm. So AI-powered sentiment analysis can analyze text or speech data to determine the emotional state of individuals. It can be useful in monitoring social media posts, online forums, or therapy sessions to identify individuals who may require immediate attention or intervention. Yeah. I mean, like, I can do this myself, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah. There's part of me that was like, oh, sentiment analysis? I think I... I think I got that down. Right. I got an analyzer right up here. I think uh, most right therapists should, should have that piece. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I wonder if you were watching, if there was like a trainee or something and you couldn't watch the trainee session, maybe, let's say, mm-hmm. as the supervisor. Okay. Maybe it would be cool to have this thing like reading in the background just to make sure the trainee wasn't missing something up. Sure. Yeah. Because sometimes, I mean... I don't know if you've ever watched. Most trainees are great. Let me be really clear. Most trainees are great, but I would say like one in six are just buck. Oh yeah, and you. Oh yeah, yeah. There were yeah, yeah, yep, maybe yep, yep. more. There were some within the prison system that I remember being like, "How did you even graduate?" And it, what I actually found out was one of the individuals was they basically bullied their way into graduating. That is not shocking. Dude, that is not shocking to me. I've actually seen that with my own eyeballs yeah. happen in my own program. I saw somebody basically litigate and bully their way into becoming a provider. Now, this person does no longer practice, thank God. Mm. But I believe at one point they were a licensed professional. Yeah. I, this person, I believe that I totally. haven't looked up on them in a long time because why? But they were a licensed professional. <laughs> I don't want that. Right. Yeah. Why am I going to? No. Yeah, no. But, mm. yeah, that's so interesting. So, yeah, so maybe for us as supervisors, if we wanted to take on a trainee, right. it could provide just a background check for th- those who are, like, a little more suspect yeah. on our radar well, that we're a little I could also concerned see about. if I'm reflecting on that person, I think they would be more open to hearing what an AI had to say than what their actual professional or supervisor had to say. Like, they would fight you yeah. to the tooth and nail with what your interpretation was. But if you said, but look, this AI agrees with me. I feel like yeah. they might actually be like, oh, OK, maybe, maybe a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I I think about so like for most when you're supervising, most of the time you watch through either a two way mirror or you watch video clips or you listen to audio clips. But the problem is, is like it's hard 
to always, I mean, that's hours and hours yeah. and I've hours I've actually sat in clips. with how I've done it. Oh, yeah. Sitting in is great, too. Sitting in is great. That's like, yeah. that's and, my, that would be my but, but then sometimes you can't. it disrupts the, yeah. you know, like the client doesn't want somebody else in there right. or whatever. So if you just had something that was like a computer, totally non-threatening, just kind of noticing what was going on, uh, that might be useful. I don't know. Yeah. So it was just one option because at first I poo-pooed it and was like, uh, I can do this with my brain. Thank you. Right. Right. <laughs> Fair. But yeah, I can see it. Well, so what's the next one, Sunny? So another one is called Recommender Systems. This is an AI-driven recommender system which can suggest personalized mental health resources such as self-help articles, books, videos, or therapy apps. Mm. So these systems analyze user preferences, past interactions, and feedback and offer tailored recommendations that match individual needs and preferences. So what I always think about with this is like my Kindle recommendations. <laughs> like, Based on what you've been that's... reading, we think you might like this. Yeah, mine are all like how to, <laughs> it's all like real self-helpy and like a lot of them is like therapy books for clients or sure. stuff like that. Yeah. So it, it will, yeah, it'll recommend really interesting, cool stuff to me that I hadn't thought of where it's like, okay, a lot of people who read uh, Complex PTSD by Paul Walker will also then enjoy and rate highly this other book uh, called, you know, Borderline Personality Disorder Walking on Eggshells by Paul Mason or whatever. And so I, I think that this could actually be good. I don't know that I would totally... This is like yet another thing that I don't know if I would 100% trust it without a check <laughs> in, in like a client's hands necessarily. Sure. Like you wouldn't want to just like cold give this to somebody and be like, try these books because you would want to read them as a therapist and make sure they're okay. Right. Or you'd want to try the app to make sure it's okay because honestly, like quality control out there is pretty poor. So yeah. you just need to like for me, I often read or try the thing before I have my patient do it. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean that would that would be best practice. <laughs> ideally, ideally, ideally. ideally. Uh, so, what's another kind? The next is virtual reality. Yes. So, VR technology combined with AI can create immersive and and interactive environments for therapeutic purposes. It can be used to stimulate anxiety-inducing situations in a controlled setting, allow individuals to gradually confront and overcome their fears. Uh, VR therapy has been shown. VR therapy has shown promise in treating conditions like phobias, post-traumatic stress disorder, and anxiety disorders. Yeah, they've also used yet. it for like groups. Like I've seen it where it's like oh, this yeah. virtual meeting place for people, and they don't actually have like their real. You know, you don't see their face like a video it's an chat. avatar. Yeah, it's an avatar, and they interact and do their therapy that way. Yeah, I don't hate that. I mean, I think it's just yet another tool in the tool belt. And I, you know, it's everybody's different, right? So, like, I probably would not be a responder personally to virtual reality therapy. No, uh, wouldn't be my personal jam. But I have a lot of clients who would like it. Yeah, like I was gonna say, lot. I can know. I think I can think of some people who would like it. Me myself, personally. Not so much. Yeah. We're also grandmas. Though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> give me my knitting. We don't we don't trust the demon computers. No. <laughs> They're trying to take over. So yeah, I think but I think like yeah, like they said here, um, 
it's particularly used in the VA right now, the Veterans Affairs. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like uh, PTSD treatment that is trying to incorporate virtual reality stuff. So I think it could be useful. There is also a type of artificial intelligence called predictive analytics. I like this one. I think it's cool. It's uh, by analyzing various data sources, including social media activity, wearable devices, electronic health records, AI can predict or the onset or exacerbation of a mental health condition. Mm -hmm. So these predictive analytic models can provide early intervention and preventative measures to improve outcomes and reduce severity of mental health episodes. So I don't know, like I think about social media a lot when it comes to this sort of stuff. They clearly are already using many of these strategies, but for evil. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Like I actually feel like if predictive analytics were applied to trying to help somebody feel less anxious, Mm-hmm. that would be yeah instead useful. they're like oh you're anxious so here's some clickbait to make you more anxious because then we'll yeah. you know ha- then we're gonna get you yeah. have you thought that more thinspiration would be helpful mm-hmm. <laughs> oh you're really nervous you seem to be googling a lot about diets let's give you some more information and show you some really really thin people right. that's gonna help yep. uh so i think that if we actually use this i don't know It's interesting because I don't know if therapists would use this necessarily, but I think if there was some, like, I don't know, parental control (laughs) with predictive analytics that, like, kind of looked at what you were doing and just gave you feedback on what you were doing, like, with your social media and maybe with your Google searches and maybe with what you were reading. And then they were like, hey... The last time you made these Google searches, you were deteriorating, man. So maybe, (laughs) like, like you would like put in your mood on this like app. I basically just made an app. You would like this app. You'd put in your mood and how you were doing and stuff like that, and then it would like track your stuff. Now this could turn Big Brother real fast, so we probably shouldn't make this. But in theory, and then it would give you back data on, hey, um, yeah, last time you Googled Thinspo for like forty hours straight, you like then developed an eating disorder and you were real sad for two years so this is just a warning sign that this could happen could be useful could so be. just well and you say parental controls i actually i mean as like a parental app if you were going to be monitoring your kids yeah. stuff i mean that could be i don't really hate that honestly like just to have some level of like hey this is the time spent doing this that or the mm-hmm. other thing maybe not like a super detailed view but a bird's eye just check in of right like, this is what the exposure has looked like yeah here. yeah i feel like that could be helpful yeah it's something to consider so what's a what's important to note <laughs> for ai <laughs> well so although it can be valuable in mental health applications it should not replace professional human intervention AI systems should be developed and implemented in collaboration with mental health professionals to ensure ethical and effective use. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, you're going to need a human brain on this case to double check the work of the AI. I have heard horror stories of kind of the tech spot chats where somebody has said something like, uh, I'm not feeling well, I'm thinking of harming myself. And then they the text bot says something like completely irrelevant and nonsensical. So you have to be really careful with uh, how you use these things. I also think like the key piece here is the development aspect. I think a lot of times like uh, 
software developers may not actually include the appropriate professionals in creating this material. They're like, hey, I've got it. <laughs> like, this is a, this is just like everybody, though. It's like so many times politically with technology, it doesn't even matter. You see like people making choices. They have like no foundational experience in making the statements that they are making. Yeah. And yet they have like huge effects on a bunch of people. Mm. Yeah. You're like, I pretty sure you need to ask an actual physician or an actual therapist or somebody to help you with developing this either technology or opinion that you're going to loudly state. Um, So I I think we just really need to emphasize uh, the therapist role in these sort of consulting firms and also like the use of research in these things mm-hmm. because, yeah, I think it could go downhill quickly. And I think that might be a good place to consider a break because we do have a lot more information to review on this subject. So we want to talk a little bit about next time the research evidence to support the use of artificial intelligence in mental health. So we're actually going to go through some specific studies on these types of mental health artificial intelligence. And then we're also going to talk about the delivery of therapy Mm. specifically. So we're going to be doing a little bit more in-depth review. Uh, But we want to try to think about ourselves some sort of I don't know, homework related to artificial intelligence? Is there something like that? I don't know, man. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no effing clue. I am so untech savvy as it is. I can't even fathom some kind of AI experiment. <laughs> I think, you know what I could do is I could just... I could probably just look at, continue to be aware of what's like recommended to me on my book list. That would be one thing to just be more mindful of it and to see how it's being useful on Kindle because my book lists are pretty lit, honestly. That would be one. And then the other thing is I could just, like, I remember when this sort of conversation was actually starting to happen around virtual therapy. Mm -hmm. So like around, um, you know, doing therapy online, like FaceTime therapy. And it turns out was really highly effective for certain groups of people. So maybe just like considering what types of clients I might have that would benefit from things like this, just like in my own mind, what would be the, the predictive, uh, how would I predict success in a client using some of these things? Okay. Just as a thought experiment to kind of stay ahead of the curve for myself. But I think you could do a totally different thing. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't, man, this is really hard for me because I, A, I already just buff any recommendation given to me because I am defiant. Uh. <laughs> I, I actually, I love that about you. Like, it's one it's like, of my favorite you characteristics. You should do this. You can fuck off. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Have you thought about putting that opinion up your butt? <laughs> I do not like that. Um, yes. I, I yeah. So I Fair. don't, uh, I'm trying to even think. And uh, I mean, I could try to consider, think about, because I already encourage certain app use, I guess, but I don't always really reflect on, uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. Because sometimes I'm just like, hey, here's this app. You can use it or don't. Whatever. Um, 
So maybe it's like try like trying the app or something or like being more in touch with checking in on the app. Yeah, perhaps, like perhaps. Because I yeah. don't I don't then follow up with it because I don't really give a fuck if if they want to use it or not. I'm like, you can use this skill. You can use this app to help you with this skill. Do what works yeah. for you. Whatever. But try the skill. Yeah. Yeah. We should. It's funny because this is artificial intelligence and mental health. But honestly, even just like tech and mental health. Yeah. Is really interesting because apps are a big deal. And so is like virtual technology. So, right. I mean, and that's yeah. about as te- I mean, apps are about as techy as I get. <laughs> so I'm sorry, guys. I am. <laughs> no, no. I love it. I actually have a friend who does well couple of friends who are in the software and engineering field and uh, a couple of them have talked to me about um I don't want to say too much because if we if we were to make the thing together then I don't want to give away the details of the thing but a couple of us we've talked about maybe developing something together but to be to be determined that will be my like long-term homework wow yeah that sounds good I'll get rich my my (laughs) homework will be to like ask people like hey did you use that app or did you like it or is that something you actually are interested in and yeah uh, get some feedback get some feedback on it most of the people i feel like a if they have they like will say they have but mm-hmm. i don't know yeah i'll i'll just ask <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. whatever Fair enough. sorry I, like I got a little my, yeah week. my homework's bullshit but that's okay <laughs> I'm going to do some bullshit. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> That's fair enough. That's okay. So do you have a joke for me this week? I do. A son asks his father why he's speaking so quietly at home. The father replies, because there's an artificial intelligence that listens to everything we say. The son laughs. The dad laughs. Alexa laughs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god mine just went off <laughs> no it didn't she, she, she was like i heard my name again uh-huh. ha, 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 ha. it's in like <laughs> i mean it's close but it's technically in a different room yeah she she hears all i like that one that was great okay i got one okay. for you a patient says to their doctor doctor i need your help i'm addicted to checking my twitter the doctor says, I'm so sorry. I don't follow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So these are our, these are our close to tech and mental health jokes, I'd say. Not AI, but close. So thank you so much for listening to our podcast this week, Shit Your Shrink Thinkers. We appreciate every single life minute you spend on us. Please feel free to rate, subscribe, follow, or review us. Please. That gives us some more visibility. Yeah, that stuff's awesome. And we will see you next week for part two of Mental Health and Artificial Intelligence. Yes. See you next time, everybody. Bye. Bye.